last three weeks, we've been in a series called Unspoken Power, and I appreciate uh, all the compliments and the words, and that's really spoken to a lot of people, and, and I pray it continues to do that. We're going to kind of jump to one, um, a message this morning kind of backed by popular demand. Uh, I did this last year about the same time, and um, I want to do it again, and it's probably going to be something that uh, we do each year about the same time. I, I'm never going to tip my hand with Sunday just because I don't want you to go, well, I'm not staying for that one, okay? <laughs> Pastor's got to be careful with that. So here's what we're doing today. We're going to look at helicopter versus lighthouse. Some of you are like, oh, no, I should have known that ahead of time. All right, so here's the deal. School started. One of the things that parents look forward to or not look forward to is report cards. Amen? Kind of tell you where your kid's at, okay? Um, but there's another report card that's out there, and I've watched parents give it to themselves. If we're going to be good parents, we have to act like proverbial helicopters. And we kind of grade ourselves on that. In the name of our children's safety and self-esteem, we hover over them, desiring to prevent any negative experience that might damage their self-esteem or hinder their safety. I want you to watch this video real quick, and we'll be back. So, uh, what are you going to do today? Oh, I was thinking of taking Emma to the playground. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> like I said, I was thinking of taking Emma to the Museum of Knives and Fire. <laughs> okay, look, Ross, I do not want Emma going to the playground. <laughs> because... All right, well, if you must know, I had a traumatic swing incident when I was little. Seriously? Yes, I was four years old, and I was on the swing, and then all of a sudden my hair got tangled in the chain. <laughs> and to get me out, my mom had to, had to cut a big chunk of my hair. And it was uneven for weeks. <laughs> And you made it through that? <laughs> I wonder who's going to play you in the movie. Okay, fine. You can make fun of me. I do not want Emma going there. And I was thinking Claire Danes. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry to hear about your tragedy, okay? But the swings are perfectly safe. And besides, Emma loves them. You know what? You should come with us, and you'll see. Ross, those things go like 40 miles an hour. return back to Earth. Space is filled with orbiting children. <laughs> look, please, just, just come on. You know what? When you see the look on Emma's face, I swear you won't regret it. All right. Good. You know, you don't want to be one of those mothers who pass on their irrational fears to their children, do you? Irrational, huh? All right, well, I'll remember that the next time you freak out about a spider in your apartment. Oh, yeah, that's the same. I'm sure there are 30 different species of poisonous swings. 
So, hey, we've all been there. Amen. Uh, there's things that just scare us about parenting. Okay. Um, I want you to pop that slide up, guys. I want you to see this. Parents do a better job of protecting their children from the world than preparing them to live in it. We do. If you watch, especially over the last decade, there's a growing concern that I have watching because sometimes I believe the fear of what the world could do have got, had just leads us to parent differently than we used to parent. And I know there's things out there, but, but, but are we really doing what God's called us to do? And that's prepare our children to live in this world. Sometimes we protect them so much from it, when they're really released to go into the world, they struggle. And so today I want to kind of look at that and break that down. When our children were toddlers, they often needed our vigilant presence, constant watchful eye. However, we need to shift our roles to adjust to our kids' maturity level. We must move from being helicopter parents, hovering, guarding, keeping tight hold, perhaps manipulating situations. I know you, that doesn't happen, okay? And controlling outcomes. Mm, that doesn't happen, does it? Um, to being a lighthouse parent, okay? A lighthouse stays in one location, okay? It's a beacon of ongoing communication with passing ships. A lighthouse reveal, reveals its location, one's mariners of danger, and gives guidance. But here's one important thing that you have to note. A lighthouse will never, ever ever chase a ship down. If you see that, you should run, okay? And listen to me. I, Melissa and I have the privilege of being in many homes. We love that as a pastor. I've never, ever seen a collection of helicopters, but I've seen a lot of collection of lighthouses, amen? I see people that buy lighthouses and put them in their homes as decorations, but I've never seen anyone put a helicopter in a shadow box and hang it above their mantle, okay? And there's a reason for that. We are to be, according to Scripture, lighthouses. We are. As parents, that's what we're supposed to be, not helicopters. No, I don't even know if you can find a helicopter in Scripture. I have not yet, but I've seen light several times, okay? Listen to me. We as parents are called by God to be a lighthouse in, your, in the lives of your children. And, and I'm going to say something to you. Just as a lighthouse never chases down a ship, parents don't need to chase their kids. Okay, and we'll break that down in just a little bit. Before I go any further, I want to ask you to do me a favor. And in this message, I'm in no way picking on anybody. Okay, so elbows and slaps on the leg, not permitted in this message, okay? I'm trying to help you here, okay? Dad, let the Holy Spirit speak. Mom, let the Holy Spirit speak, amen? So I want to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to pause for a second before I go any further, and I want you to simply ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Can we do that? I, I don't I don't want your neighbor looking at you. I don't want us to turn around and go. We're not here to make points for people, okay? And I'm not going to pick on anybody. I'm not highlighting families in my church, okay? I'm not doing that. I'm just speaking genuinely. But I want you to simply ask the Holy Spirit to speak 
to you. And I'll pause for a second and then I'll continue. So what we're going to do is we're going to highlight helicopter and lighthouse. I'm going to pop up a characteristic of a helicopter beside a characteristic of a lighthouse. Let the Spirit speak where it needs to speak. And if he hones in in one area, listen to him. Okay? Listen to him. Number one characteristic of a helicopter parent, they will hover and control. They will hover and control. A lighthouse parent will check in and communicate. There is no need for you to kind of secretly hover over your kids. To see if they're being included or being nice, somebody's being nice to them. Or if they need you to swoop in and manipulate circumstances and control situations on their behalf. Do not create that environment for your children. Okay? You, you communicate, all right? And you check in, but you don't hover and you don't control. Secondly, helicopter parents follow kids around. Don't do that, okay? Hover, follow kids around helicopters. Number two, Lighthouse will not chase kids down to enforce rules. Listen to me. You cannot follow your kids around to continue to reinforce rules and behavior, conduct, and all that stuff. You can't do that, okay? It embarrasses your freshman in high school for you to show up and remind them how to act at lunch. Just not good. And do not grab your son or daughter headed to football practice and remind them how to behave on the field. All right? You will not be a fan like that. You'll be, you, you, you are posters that don't let my mom into the stadium, okay? Don't do that kind of stuff. Don't, don't follow your kids around to reinforce rules. You say, I would never, ever do that. Hmm. Listen to me. I spent 18 years in student ministry, now 10 years in the pastorate. I have seen parents who are born again, love God, trust God, say that, that they're, they're, they're good with God, and I'm telling you, they follow their kids around to reinforce rules and behavior. You can't do that. As I said, if you ever see a lighthouse chase down a ship, you need to run. That's not good, Okay. Don't chase your kids down to reinforce rules. I'll go into a little more in depth of that in just a little bit. Number three, on a helicopter parent, helicopter parents do this. They tell them how to behave. Helicopter parents follow kids around and tell them how to behave. A lighthouse parent will let them know where they stand. Listen to me. There is nothing worse then you having to always tell your kids to act a certain way in a certain location at a certain time around certain people. If you have to constantly reinforce your behavior to your children or help them understand their behavior, depending on the situation, circumstance, and location, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. We're going to the pastor's house. You sit up tall and use your napkin. Uh, opposed to when you're at our house and you sit on the table and you wipe with your foot. 
I mean, seriously, do you have to tell them how to act at a certain house? You're going to school now. I want you to be nice to your teacher, opposed to the year that you wasn't nice to your teacher. I mean, don't reinforce behavior based on location you go to. All right, we're going to try to go out to eat as a family. Remember last time we went to eat out as a family, that didn't go well. So if you ever want to eat another time in a restaurant, you're going to have to learn to behave. Okay, you know what that means? That means something's missing. Because if you have to threaten your children with a restaurant at a restaurant, the next time you eat at a restaurant, you're in trouble. Just trouble. All right, we're going to have some kids over. I need you to be nice to them. As opposed to the kids last time you shot at and you beat them up and put them in a tree. I mean... What it, come on, man. But I'm telling you, that's what we do. So there's a breakdown somewhere if we're constantly having to reinforce rules and chase kids around and tell them how to act in a certain situation. That's why dating scares the snot out of some parents. That is. That's why driving scares the snot out of them. Because I don't know that I don't need to go on a date with my, my son to tell him how to act. Well, you, you probably should have done that the first 16 years. Listen to me. It'll wear you out if you have to play Holy Spirit for your kids. Let me say that one more time. It'll wear you out if you have to play Holy Spirit for your kids. Listen to me. God did not design them like that. And he didn't design you as a parent to do that. Their colleges and universities are an absolute mess with kids sometimes. I can't tell you how many kids that have graduated from high school and went off to colleges and universities and they come back or they do things over that course of four or five years that are absolutely unrecognizable, even to their parents. Well, the problem is when you program little Johnny as a robot at home for 18 years, and then they graduate, and you tell them to go off to school, but you're not there to wipe their nose and tell them to say, excuse me, or sit up tall in class, or to listen to their teacher, or don't back talk adults, or act this way in restaurants, and do this around their friends, then guess what? If you don't go off to school with them, they're going to struggle. And we've got universities and colleges full of kids who are absolutely, totally unrecognizable to their parents and behavior the first couple years of college. Unless you really want to do college again, you better prepare them for that. They're going to go out in this world, and you cannot go chasing after the groups they hang out with, the friends they hang out with, and be riding around looking for them at night trying to reinforce rules and behavior. Your kids' behavior should not change based on who they're with and where they go. It can't. Your child has to understand who they are in Christ, that they are a born-again child of the king, and they are bought by the blood of the Lamb. And they're redeemed. And they are saved. And this book right here is their map to how to live life. You build character integrity in this book in their lives. You hide the word in their heart so they might not sin against you. And regardless of where they go, circumstance, situation, environment, people they're around, behavior, all that stuff is all tied up in who they are. The, the, the absolute atmosphere out there cannot change your kids. And you can't be scared of where they go and try to run after them and help them understand how to act in that situation. Their behavior should not change at your house, school, work, church. It doesn't matter. They should be the same kid. Why? Because they are the same kid. They're the same kid. 
Don't follow kids around, reinforce rules. Don't chase them down to tell them behavior. Let them know where they stand. The greatest thing you can teach your child and your student while they're under your roof is who they are in Christ. The most important thing you can teach them is their identity in Christ. That is big time more important than anything in the world. I used to teach a class for my seniors called Transferable Faith. It's how to make your parents God your God. Because a lot of kids have seen God speak through their parents, but they've never heard God speak. They see their parents tithe, but they don't know why they tithe. They see their parents get up and go to church, but they don't know why they should get up and go to church. So when they go to college, you know what? They don't get up and go to church. And since they've always been told who God was, but they have no experience about who God is, when a professor stands up and says, God is dead. Oh, okay, he's dead. And they accept it. And so then they go back, act however they want to. Listen to me. Teach them who they are in the Word. Teach them what God says about them. Teach them who they are in Christ. Don't chase after him. Number four, under helicopter parent. Don't imp- they, helicopter parents impose rules and regulations on their children. We talked about it a while ago. Different rules, different situations, who they're with. Don't do that. Where are you out? Okay. Lighthouse parents offer wisdom, which is light, and guidance, which is direction. Wisdom is simply this. Viewing life from God's perspective. Just wisdom, man. Proverbs is packed full of wisdom. It says, wisdom, child, listen to my instructions. Do as I say, okay? Do as the word says. Don't let this book depart from you, Joshua. Constantly, over and over again, reinforcing not your rules and regulations, but God's word. If your children will fall in love with the Word of God, okay, they'll never graduate from that. But they can graduate from your rules and regulations that you impose on them. Teach the Word of God. Teach who they are. Listen to me. You don't want to be a helicopter parent, but God's called you to be a lighthouse parent. And I can tell you this. Sometimes as a lighthouse parent, you're sitting there. And you've got light, and you're giving wisdom, and you're giving guidance, and your children are still flundering out there. You really want to chase after them. But as a lighthouse, you don't chase ships. You don't chase ships. You absolutely hang on, continue to quote scripture over their lives, continue to call on the name of the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't come loaded with some word to pray over your kids, you're in trouble. Okay? Even as a second grader, third grader, fifth grader, you load up now. And you keep loading up with Scripture. And you pray that over your children nonstop, constantly. Okay? American parents often view, and this is a struggle. American parents often view struggles as negative things in their students' lives, in their children's lives. Struggles and discomforts are to be avoided. What we try to do is... When our children go through struggles and when they go through negative experiences, what we want to do is we want to swoof in and rescue them instead of walking them through it so they learn. Don't rescue your kids. You say, well, I love them. I know. But God loves us more than we love our kids. And listen to me. If God always saved us from walking through tests, would we ever grow? No. Just be honest. Are you really studying if you're not tested, 
<laughs> Two people say, yeah, I am. Well, everybody needs a teacher's favorite, okay? But, but listen to me. You're not, you're not going to study unless you're tested, amen? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, all I need to know in the syllabus is when the tests are. Then you start studying, okay? If I get a syllabus from a professor that doesn't have a test on there, mm, that's a sweet, sweet class, all right? That's awesome. Right, that's a teacher you refer to your friends. Listen to me. God allows things to happen in our lives to test us, okay? We have to walk through them, and we have to let our kids walk through them. It's hard. I, I promise you it's hard, but it, it, but it needs to happen. I want you to go to your word real quick. I want you to go to James chapter 1. I want you to look at uh, James 1, 2. James 1, 2 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We read that sometimes and we forget that there's some messages in there. There's a message to parents, okay? There's a message to children. So that we might be mature and complete. Don't you want your child mature and complete when they're ready to go to college? You do, don't you? You want them mature and complete coming out of college. Why? Well, you don't want them living with you at 29, okay? All right, listen to me. There are trials, there are tribulations, there are struggles that you will go through. Your kids will go through them. You've got to prepare them now that they're coming, and you're going to let them walk through them, okay? Don't save them. Don't chase them down. Let them walk through it. As you're walking through it with your children, God's growing you to maturity and completeness as well, okay? It's two-sided, okay? There's, there's times that it's going to be hard to watch. There's going to be times that it's hard to let it happen. But if you will trust God, you will see a beautiful fruit on the other side. Parenting is more about trusting yourself and trusting God than trusting your kids. It really is. See, parents, if you do the job according to the word and you raise them up in, in the fear and the and the knowledge of God. They may push an envelope or they may try to figure out where the line is, but they're going to come back to that foundation. Don't lose hope, okay? But don't move that line. Nothing worse than moving lines as a kid. Set it. Let them know where they stand. Let them know who they are in the word. You pray the word over them. You pray all over them. You trust them. And when they struggle... You do not rescue them, you do not bail them out, and you do not make excuses, and you don't throw other people under the bus to exalt them. You allow them to walk through it relational, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is. You let them walk through it, but you don't let them, let them walk through it alone. You show them the word. Too many parents leave the word out of raising children. When they're hurting, use the word. 
in good times, use the word. Not just bring your Bible to church, okay? That's a good thing. And they got points for that early in Sunday school. But listen to me. The word of God will walk them through disappointment relationally, physically, spiritually, all sides. If you teach them that, it will never depart from them. Walk them through struggles and hurts through the word of God. When we continually step in to control our kids' levels of risk, they don't learn how to be in control. And they don't learn how to be under control. In fact, all they really learn is how to be controlled and how to seek help every step of the way. It's not what you want. Don't teach them how to be controlled. Teach them how to be under control, okay, and in control, okay? I'm going to go back as we, lead, as we come into our time of invitation. Again, I in no way gave this message to pick on any parent. That's a general statement and a general look at Lighthouse and, and, and helicopters. And I ask you before we ever began, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Wherever he spoke to you, I want you to obey that. Just obey that, whatever that is. If you have a tendency to want to be the helicopter, just acknowledge it first. There is no healing in lying to yourself. There's no growth in lying to yourself. I know it's scary. I know it's hard. I know you want the best. I know you mean well. You have great motives. But listen to me, you, you do more harm than good. You really do. God's called us not to be the hovering helicopter, but be the lighthouse for your kids. I want you to trust yourself. I want you to trust your kids. And ultimately, I want you to trust God, who loves them more than you could ever love them. Simply ask this morning, God, what did you say to me through the Holy Spirit this morning? With the Holy Spirit, Father, what did you say to me? What did you say to me? And that's what I want you to deal with this morning. Listen to me. In a message like this, you say, well, he spoke in many areas. Listen to me. If he spoke to you and affirmed and confirmed the fact that you're being a great lighthouse for your kids, receive that. If he spoke to you and said, hey, you're a little out of bounds in a couple areas, then that's the part you need to get back up under God with and trust him. The Holy Spirit, whatever you said to me, that's what I want you to do in my life. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand. And as we move to a time of invitation... The altar's open. There'll be folks down front to receive you. There'll be couples down front that want to pray with you. This altar's open. You may need just to come and pray, mom and dad. I mean, we start the school year, and you're already going, "Mm, wow, I'm already starting to kind of get back into that mode. I don't want to do that. I want want to trust my children. I want to trust God. I, I don't want to be that. Whatever God said this morning, Affirming the lighthouse 
If there's any conviction in the areas of the helicopter, receive that today as love from him. And you come this morning, whoever you are and wherever you are. If you're looking for a church home, I invite you to come this morning. If you've never met the Lord and you sent him drawing you this morning, even in a message like this, the presence of God, God will draw you. You come this morning and be born again. Meet the Savior this morning. Invitation is yours. Let me pray for you. Father, this morning, as we open the altar and we open a time of invitation, God, that you would respond, that we would respond to your invitation this morning. Whatever you've said to us through the Holy Spirit, that's what we want to respond to this morning. So God, move us this morning. And may we respond only to what you said to us through the Holy Spirit this morning. In Christ's name, amen. You come if you need to come, church.
Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you.